Hello and welcome to Training in Japan, the podcast that covers all things trains and travel in the land of the rising sun. I'm your host Karun and I'm glad to have you joining me today. On this episode, I'll be talking about the crown jewel of the Japanese railway industry and that is the world-renowned Shinkansen or bullet train in English. I'll be delving into its history, how it has affected Japan and of course the plans for the future. As usual, you'll get some recommended travel destinations too, so I won't keep you waiting and let's begin. As discussed in the previous episode, Japan's geography is very rugged and mountainous, with the major plains being the exception to this. Because of the mountainous terrain, the Japanese, under the advice of British engineers who were exporting rail technology at the time, decided on using narrow-gauge 1,067mm tracks. Uh, For ease, I'll be referring to this as narrow-gauge from now on. And the reason for using the narrow-gauge is that it would be more suitable for the mountainous terrain and allow for sharper curves along the lines in order to navigate the countless number of valleys in Japan. Many of these constructed lines were also not connected directly between large population centers, and because of the use of the narrow gauge and the high amount of curves, trains just could not reach fast enough speeds to connect cities effectively. And as the need for faster trains in Japan grew, the following decade saw the government try to push the National Railway Network into adopting 1,435mm gauge tracks, This is commonly known as standard gauge. However, due to financial restraints, these attempts were fruitless. In the 1930s, the first proposal of a high-speed train, dubbed the Dangan Resha in Japanese, which literally translates to bullet train in English, came about and the Japanese government railways group had procured the land for laying tracks and digging tunnels. But due to the Second World War, these plans were shelved and many tunnels were left unfinished. After the war, the JNR, the Japanese National Railways, the successor to the Japanese Government Railways and the precursor to the current-day JR Group, began to resurface proposals for high-speed rail, specifically connecting Tokyo and Osaka, two of Japan's largest urban areas. The existing railway that connected the two cities, the Tokaido Line, which ran along the eastern coast of Japan, was reaching maximum capacity in the mid-1950s, and the increasing congestion is what finally pushed the government into approving the Shinkansen project in 1958. However, the announcement of this high-speed rail was actually met with much skepticism, as the national view in Japan was that trains were becoming obsolete and unnecessary, with cars and planes the future of travel, like in the United States and many European countries at the time. On the 1st of October 1964, the Tokaido Shinkansen first began service, with one train leaving Tokyo Station and the other at Shinosaka Station at 6am, and it was immediately popular with travellers. A trip that took over 6 hours on a conventional express train was now reduced to just 4 hours, closely connecting the cities and making day trips between the two much more feasible, changing how businesses in Japan operated as a company CEO could now catch the first train to Osaka from Tokyo and be back home for dinner later that night. This initial success prompted an extension of the Tokaido Shinkansen west from Osaka through Okayama and Hiroshima along the southern coast of Honshu and terminating in Fukuoka City on the island of Kyushu, with this extension being known as the Sanyo Shinkansen. 
Following this extension, the Japanese government at the time proposed an extensive network that paralleled most of the country's existing trunk lines. As uh, at the time, Prime Minister Kakoe Tanaka was a supporter of the Shinkansen and wanted to see it expand. Soon after, the Tohoku Shinkansen, connecting Omiya and later Tokyo to Morioka in Japan's north, began operations in 1982. That same year also saw the opening of the Joetsu Shinkansen, which terminated in Niigata, the largest city on the west coast of the main island of Honshu. In 1987, the JNR Group was privatized into the JR companies we know today. However, the Shinkansen network would only continue to keep on growing. 1997 was the year the Nagano Shinkansen opened just in time for the 1998 Winter Olympics, also held in Nagano. At the turn of the millennium, the Tohoku Shinkansen was extended from Morioka to Hachinohe in 2002, before finally terminating in Aomori in 2010. In 2004, the Kyushu Shinkansen was completed, connecting the cities of Fukuoka in the north and Kakushima in the south of Japan's Kyushu Island. In 2015, the Nagano Shinkansen changed its name to the now Hokuriku Shinkansen, coinciding with the opening of the extension from Nagano to Kanazawa, the capital city of Ishikawa Prefecture along the coast of the Sea of Japan. In 2016, the first section of the Hokkaido Shinkansen, running between Shin Aomori Station and Shin Hakodate Hokuto Station in the south of the Hokkaido Island, opened. I find this Shinkansen particularly interesting as it operates through the Seikan Tunnel, which travels 100 meters under the seabed of the Tsugaru Strait, separating the islands of Honshu and Hokkaido, and is also the world's longest undersea tunnel. Finally, on the 23rd of September 2022, the first segment of the Nishi Kyushu Shinkansen began operations between Nagasaki Station and Takeo Onsen Station in the west of Kyushu Island. It's planned that the rest of the line will be extended to Hakata Station in Fukuoka and become an extension of the Sanyo Shinkansen. However, construction is yet to commence with the route not even determined as of recording. And just a final word for all you Shinkansen enthusiasts out there, you may have noticed I actually have not talked about the unique Yamagata and Akita Shinkansen, and there is a reason for that. They are both considered mini Shinkansen, which I find particularly interesting, so I will be delving into those two lines in their own dedicated mini Shinkansen episode. When it comes to its impact, the Shinkansen has had a well-documented effect on Japan, with the system having an estimated economic impact of 500 billion yen per year, while also reducing the congestion burden on regional transportation such as airports or highways. Furthermore, the Shinkansen has helped revitalize many countryside locations, as they have become easily connected to the rest of the country, allowing for an increased number of tourists to visit their locations, in addition to increased opportunities for local businesses to grow themselves. Overall, the development of the Shinkansen has also been a major milestone in the history of the railway industry globally, pushing many other countries around the world to follow in Japan's footsteps. The most notable example of this is probably France's TGV between Paris and Lyon, which began in 1981 and also has been a great success for the European nation. In Asia, China has constructed the world's longest high-speed rail network serving 31 of China's 34 provinces, utilizing Japanese technology as part of its basis. So what does the future hold for the Shinkansen? 
Well, the Hokuriku Shinkansen is expected to be extended from Kanazawa Station to Tsuruga, further along the coast of the Sea of Japan, with operations expected to open in 2023. There are further hopes that this Shinkansen will eventually continue onwards to Osaka. If we head up north, the Hokkaido Shinkansen from Hakodate to Sapporo, the largest city in northern Japan, is expected to open in 2030, with the estimated travel time between Tokyo and Sapporo to be under 5 hours, with goals to drop this below 4. Lastly, the planned Chuo Shinkansen, a revolutionary maglev Shinkansen that really deserves its own episode, is planned to begin operations between Tokyo and Nagoya in 2027 with an extension to Osaka in 2045, connecting the two cities in less than one hour. But now it's time for the travel segment of the episode. I'll be recommending some more underrated locations around Japan that you can visit using the Shinkansen, each offering something unique and different to each other. If you're expecting me to give you a guide to Osaka or Kyoto, I'm sorry to disappoint you. But first on the itinerary is Aomori, the capital of Aomori Prefecture and the snowiest city in Japan, located in the northern reaches of Honshu on the Mutsu Bay. Historically, the city was the gateway between Honshu and Hokkaido, but the advent of the Seiken Tunnel and aeroplanes has meant that Aomori has slowly faded in relevance, but you shouldn't skip out on this beautiful location. Aomori is the prefecture widely known for its apples, and Aomori City certainly promotes this. Next to Aomori Station is the A-Factory, a pseudo-food market where you can try local apple products such as fresh apple pie. Furthermore, it also contains its very own cider brewery, producing its own brand in addition to fresh apple juices, all made using local Aomori-grown apples. But if apples aren't your thing, then you can check out the Nebuta Warase, also next to Aomori Station. This museum is dedicated to the city's Nebuta Matsuri, which is held every August. Here you can see giant lantern floats that were used previously in festivals and how the designs have evolved throughout the festival's history. If you want to experience the festival, put August 2nd to 7th in your calendar. During the event, the floats are paraded throughout the city alongside numerous musicians and dancers. If you want, you can also participate in the dancing yourself. Aomori also offers many historical sites, like the Sanai Maruyama, an archaeological site from the Jomon period, which was between 13,000 and 300 BC. This village contains reconstructions of houses, towers, and pits that formed part of the lives of those who resided there. In fact, Sanai Maruyama was listed as a World Cultural Heritage Site in 2021. So how do you get to Aomori? Simple, just take a Hayabusa Shinkansen on the Tohoku line from Tokyo Station to Shin Aomori and then change onto the local all main line to Aomori Station. The entire journey takes about three and a half hours and please note that there is only one Shinkansen between Tokyo and Shin Aomori per hour. My next recommended destination is Kanazawa, the capital city of Ishikawa Prefecture and located on the coast of the Sea of Japan. Because it was one of the cities in Japan not to be destroyed by air raids during the Second World War, many of its historical sites are still intact today. One of those is Kanazawa Castle, which was originally built in 1583, but has since been rebuilt several times due to destruction by fire, with reconstruction of former buildings still occurring today. The castle grounds are very tranquil, with many lawns of grass to relax on, and as the castle overlooks the entire Kanazawa city, stunning sights of the surrounding area can be found if you take the time to walk around the grounds. 
Furthermore, you can go inside some of the large storehouses littered throughout the grounds, though a fee must be paid to get in. Connected by a bridge to the castle grounds is the next must-see destination in Kanazawa, and that is Kenrokuen, which is considered one of Japan's three most beautiful garden landscapes. After being there myself, I can confirm that this is the case. The garden offers a variety of natural wonders, from ponds with trees scattering their edges to rock gardens and tea houses. Kenrokuen is a lot bigger than you might think, and can take you a solid one to two hours just to explore every single part. Other places of interest in Kanazawa include the Ninja Dera, or Ninja Temple, a temple with secret doors, passageways, and traps, which is also located near Nishichaya, a small geisha district. An even larger geisha district is located on the other side of Kanazawa city called Higashichaya. You also have Nagamachi, which was the city's former samurai district, and it's filled with museums and former samurai houses that you can enter. Lastly, if you like seafood, be sure to get to Omicho Market in the morning to get fresh fish and try some of the delicious rice bowls topped with seafood caught on the day. To get to Kanazawa, simply take the Hokuriku Shinkansen from Tokyo Station with the one-way trip taking between 2.5 to 3 hours depending on which Shinkansen service you catch. My last recommended destination is Niigata, a prefecture known for its high-quality rice, sake, and skiing resorts. If you are a skier, one of Japan's leading locations is Yuzawa, known for its deep powder snow in addition to its onsens, or Japanese hot springs. What makes Yuzawa even better is that you can hop on a 90-minute Joetsu Shinkansen to either Echigo Yuzawa or Gala Yuzawa Station before heading down the slopes almost immediately. But if you like to hike instead, Niigata also offers Mount Yahiko, a mountain 634 meters tall and takes about 90 minutes to 2 hours to climb. Before you begin your journey, you can check out Yahiko Shrine, known for offering love and good fortune, and this is located at the foot of the mountain. Once you get to the summit, you can see amazing views of the Echigo Plain on one side and the Sea of Japan on the other. On a clear day, you may even be able to see Satoshima. Speaking of, if time allows, one place everyone should check out is Satoshima, or Sado Island in English, which lies off the coast of Niigata. Historically, the island has been where political exiles were sent to, and it also contains Sado Mine, Japan's largest gold mine at the time, and ceased operations in 1989. So what is there to do at Sadoshima? Well, plenty of great ocean spots, such as Senkaku Bay, are on offer if you want to experience a nice swim during the hot summer months. You can also enter the aforementioned Sado Gold Mine, with two walking courses you can experience alongside a museum showcasing its history. To complete your trip on Sadoshima, if you have access to a car, is the Osado Skyline, a mountain road with views of the entire island that takes at least one hour to fully enjoy. Sadoshima is not accessible by train, as you have to take either an hour jet foil or two and a half car ferry ride from Niigata, which in itself is a two hour Shinkansen ride from Tokyo Station along the Joetsu Shinkansen line. And with that, another episode of Training in Japan has come to an end, and I certainly hope you enjoyed listening. Next episode, I'll be going over some of the unique rail passes you can purchase if you decide to travel to the land of the rising sun. If you want updates on episodes, travel tips, or train news, follow the show on Twitter at Training in Japan or on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you down the line.